Okay, Professor Utsi. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, Dr. Hoskins and his colleagues inviting me here. Um, I'm going to give you a low-tech presentation about a high-tech subject. Uh, Dr. Hoskins has asked me to talk about how the news media deal with cyber terrorism, deal with terrorism that, that uses new media. What sorts of issues arise for journalists who, who are in this business? And I'm going to talk about four different issues, the first of which is determining which websites, blogs, and their content are really newsworthy, represent serious terrorist activity, and then deciding what to do with that information if you're a news organization, whether you simply report it to the public, or if in doing so, you are in effect amplifying the message and serving the ends of the terrorist organizations. Uh, so do you give them publicity? Do you, can you t inform the public without helping the terrorists? Well, that's a difficult question now because a lot of the terrorist organizations, Al-Qaeda and others, have used the Internet as a way to disseminate information on a variety of levels that I'll get to shortly. And Bin Laden's videos, the Wari's videos, for example, and they count on the mainstream media to pick these up and to get them on, whether it's Al Jazeera or the BBC or CBS or whatever. And the question is, okay, it's newsworthy. If Bin Laden does a, does a video, it's done by Asaba, the, the Al-Qaeda production company, it's put up on the web, the news organizations find out about it. What Bin Laden says is generally newsworthy. But aren't you just really helping him out, helping get his message out to the truly mass audience if you cover that? if you put that tape on. I'll give you an example that's a little bit, and well, let me take that a step farther. And if you decide not to put it on, given the, the pervasiveness of video blogs of YouTube and things like that, isn't the message going to reach the public anyway? And then the question comes, well, if, if this is on YouTube, where's the BBC? Where's CBS? Why didn't they give it to us? And one example of this that, that came up, it's a little bit off point, it's not really a terrorist example, but I think it illustrates the issue. When Saddam Hussein was hanged, there was a surreptitiously made video of that event. And that got out very quickly, it was posted on a few websites, and mainstream television organizations almost unanimously said, we are not going to show that. Uh, that that is that is in, it was improperly gathered. It was it was improperly prepared, and it's too graphic. And we don't show people being executed on our air. Well, it was all over the web, and there were millions and millions of hits within the first few hours. So what do you do then if you're the BBC? It's out there. It's newsworthy in a kind of perverse way. Do you put it on your air because millions of people are seeing it anyway? Or do you say, no, we're going to stick to our standards and we don't care if it's available on some other medium, we're just not going to show it? Well, that same kind of question comes up when you're dealing with Bin Laden or, or somebody like that. Do you help them along or do you try to black them out? And can you effectively black them out or are they going to reach the public anyway? I don't really have answers to these questions, but these are sort of some of the things that news organizations are starting to grapple with. Uh, the second issue is helping the public appreciate the magnitude of the Internet's role in terrorism as a tool for network building 
and propagandizing and as an operational mechanism. Um, one of the functions of journalism is, is an educational function. It's to explain complex issues to the public, not just simply lay out some dry facts, but when you have a phenomenon such as cyber terrorism, such as the use of new media by terrorist organizations, that is such a new concept that most of the public doesn't really grasp it, certainly doesn't grasp how serious it is. And I would argue that news organizations have a responsibility not just to do fairly straightforward, dry stories about that, but to see it as part of their responsibility to educate the public about this, about the weaponry of new media, because that's really what it is in the terrorist arsenal. They see this as a very, uh, very important way. They proselytize on new media, they recruit, they train, uh, they disseminate their message with unprecedented volume and reach. The sort of the, the working figure that people who study in this field use is that there are 4,500 websites that are regularly used by jihadist groups. That's Al-Qaeda and others. And beyond that even, there is a tremendous amount of material dis that is disseminated over the web. Everything that goes from how to, how to prepare poison gas, uh, how to, to engineer explosives, and I think some of the most insidious stuff that's out there is our videos that are designed for children that are disseminated over the web. Um, and they aren't that hard to find, and they're in, sometimes in several languages with subtitles and things like that. For example, I not too long ago saw a, uh, a cartoon that at the end and it was very well done, it was very well produced. It looked like the sort of thing you'd see on a Saturday morning on, on, on commercial television. And the, the end message was this boy who I think was about 12 strapping on a dynamite vest and hurling himself at a column of, of Israeli troops and blowing himself up. And this was a great heroic act as it was depicted in this cartoon which was generated at children. And that was not a unique product. That stuff is all over the place out there. And again, I would argue that, that the news media, uh, I mean, it, it, it's below the radar of a lot of, a lot of the public. And I think the news media, when they're describing the, the, the terrorist threat, this is part of the terrorist threat, is the recruitment of the next generation of jihadis. It's not just the actual acts of attacking a building, blowing up a building, or something like that. Part of covering terrorism is part of covering the sort of the culture of terrorism, and I'm not sure that the news media do a very good job of this so far. A third issue is deciding when to alert counterterrorism agencies to activity found while reporting about this topic. Now, the, the general rule is that journalists, if they establish a relationship with a source, and if they, particularly if they promise confidentiality to a source, they don't reveal the person's name, they don't see themselves as sort of junior members of, of law enforcement agencies, they report their stories and let law enforcement go, go about their business and do their jobs. Um, but consider this case, let's say that you're interviewing a group of, of young men whom you've identified as, as being interested in, uh, in Al-Qaeda or interested in, in jihadi groups, and they've agreed to talk to you on the understanding that you as a journalist will not reveal their, their true identities. And the first guy you talk to, he's about 16 or so, 
and he says, yeah, I'm going to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Uh, and you say, okay, how are you going to do that? Oh, I don't really know. Uh, do you know anything about explosives? No, but I'm going to do it. You can count on that. Uh, and he's, he's obviously got no wherewithal to do that. Do you, call, do you turn him into the authorities, do you think? I think most journalists would probably say no in that case. I mean, he's just, just a little windbag and, and he says what he's going to say. He doesn't seem to be a real threat. But somebody else in this group who's a few years older, as you talk with him, he reveals that he's, he apparently has a very sophisticated understanding of explosives. And he's, he's, not a, he's not a braggart in the same way, but he quietly seems to, gets the point across that he's not afraid to die, he understands how to use explosives, he's very angry, and he has some targets in mind. Specific targets and a specific plan of action, some of which he reveals to you. What do you do now? Now you've promised him confidentiality. You go to the police about him? Well, here we have this kind of clash within the journalistic culture, the journalist as the, the pure news gatherer and the journalist as citizen. In the first case, I think with, the, with the, the braggart, you just say, well, it's not my job to inform the police about this, this person. I promised them confidentiality. I just don't think he's capable of doing anything. But the second person, there that your responsibility as a citizen might transcend your sort of standard journalistic ethics. If you think this guy is really going to do something and kill people, I would argue you certainly have a responsibility to transcend those journalistic guidelines and report the person to the authorities. But once you get into this game, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, you can't just say, okay, that's an easy call. Because once the news media start cooperating with the security services and things like that, they're going to find a couple things. First, nobody's going to talk to them anymore. Uh, nobody that they, in, the, in the sort of interesting groups that they might want to interview for, for stories. And you start surrendering your journalistic independence, which is a very serious thing to do. But again, given the nature of, of terrorism, this, this hypothetical that I've given you, I don't think is all that far-fetched. And I think that's an issue that, one of these issues that news media have to deal with when looking at this sort of new generation of terrorism. Um, fourth issue is understanding how cyber terrorism fits into the larger picture of terrorist activity. Um, and I think the news media do a pretty poor job of this also. I would argue that it's a fundamental aspect of journalistic responsibility to be knowledgeable about the topics you're dealing with. And I think consistently, at least in the American media over the past years since 9-11, uh, there has been sort of a, an, a, what I would call a kind of a celebrity terrorism. That you get a figure like bin Laden and you focus entirely on him, and, uh, or Zarqawi when, when he was running things in Iraq, um, to the exclusion of the more complex aspects of terrorism. And as a result, I would say, for example, if bin Laden were to be killed tomorrow, the American news media, at least, and I think a lot of the Western news media, would have celebratory headlines, Al-Qaeda is finished, the terrorist threat is over, and so on and so forth, which is absolutely not the case. Anybody who's done any work in terrorism knows that is absolutely not the case. And I think part of that would be that those headlines would grow out of the fact 
that a lot of the journalists who are trying to grapple with terrorism as a subject of coverage don't really understand it. They haven't been schooled in it. They don't understand the reasons for terrorism, the political issues that are behind it. Uh, these people are not just random lunatics out there, but they, 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 have a, they have a cause, and it's important for journalists to understand that. Now, we tie this back into, into the new media. Um, one terrorism expert said that uh, without, uh, without new media, Osama bin Laden would just be another cranky old guy in a cave. Well, I, th I think there's something to that. The fact is that the, the terrorist organizations, whether it's Al-Qaeda or other groups, rely on the media. And as long as journalists are not schooled enough, don't understand the, the whole issue of terrorism thoroughly enough, they are going, the media are going to be taken advantage of uh, by terrorist organizations. So it's a topic that I think deserves much more thoughtful consideration by people who study journalism, by people who practice journalism, by people involved in the public policy process who have to deal with the news media. I mean, if you're a government official and you're looking at this issue, you want, the, you want to be on the same page as the news organizations, or you want them to be on the same page as you are. Not that you want to usurp their independence, but they have to understand that the that, that terrorism is a serious threat. It's going to be with us for quite some time. And news, the news media have a responsibility to consider these and many other issues if they're going to do their jobs properly. And, well, I think I'll leave it at that and then uh, take some questions later on. Okay. Thank you very much.